Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Sunday and Wednesday, we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends and all things tech for the professional salon industry. And today, I am here to talk one of my kind of favorite topics, an increasingly challenging topic, and that is kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of social media. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. So for some quick context, it's hard to believe, but um, we have been doing social media for a very long time in the professional beauty industry. It, it launched back in 2006 by way of Facebook and actually was here with other platforms, of, including MySpace prior to that. But from Facebook, you know, it's been 17 years and a lot has happened. And so it's, it shouldn't be a big surprise that, you know, our context ha has shifted as the complexities in how we think about how we use the platforms is constantly changing. Um, and, and interestingly, um, relative to social media, TikTok, they say out loud, we are not a social media platform. We are an entertainment platform. And that is a game changer. Another observation uh, by Fast Company, the magazine. They, they said that most people using Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, in terms of language, they say they check in. You know, I, um, I, I check my Facebook, I check my Instagram, I check my Twitter, but I watch my TikTok. Again, I watch my TikTok. Big deal. Game changed. <laughs> so much to consider. Um, and along those lines, when we think about the pace of innovation, how fast it's really moving. And of course, we've seen TikTok, especially during pandemic, just explode, but it's been around for a bit. But we think of the larger world, you know, innovation's happening quickly. Marketing is a massive category in the world of, of activity, of, of businesses. And when I talk about social media in the context of pro beauty, it's, it's mostly in that particular lane. It used to be in the lane of community. Um, and again, I, I think it's the cliche. I think it's the word that's predominantly or mostly dead. Um, we don't, most of us don't necessarily use um, these platforms very much for community anymore. Um, the, the audience has become too big. We may, in, you know, in the smaller context, especially with family and friends, still use it uh, a little bit that way. But even groups, which I felt in the beginning days were very much community, and I know there are any number of groups that remain in that category. When we think of Facebook groups, you know, collectively, they've gotten to thousands and tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of participants. And those are audiences, not communities, um, regardless of how, of how much they engage. So, and so in terms of, you know, innovation and, you know, the, the larger world, um, big, big change the last couple of years that we thought was going to be next in innovation, you know, and again, thinking back, internet, huge innovation, um, mobile phones, and then social media, huge innovation, um, the metaverse. Remember that? <laughs> there was all this talk about the metaverse and crypto and all those things. Um, feels like they have stalled. And now artificial intelligence has kind of stepped into that space and is considered by thought leaders to be probably the biggest innovation um, in technology, uh, perhaps ever. It's going to have an effect rather quickly, already is. Watched three videos on it this morning. I'm, I'm just obsessed with how to use it, and I use it every single day. And interestingly, relative to this conversation, is what will be the future of social media because of AI? Not only um, what it can do, you know, how we use it, but, but how we can take AI tools and, and create perhaps efficiencies in our use in social media um, as, as a marketing platform. So, so that fascinates me. 
But I also think, you know, we have more than peaked, you know, um, in terms of our use in social media. And there's so many analysts who seem to be, you know, in that place. So I want to talk about that for a moment as it relates to the professional beauty industry, kind of updated context. I've been involved in this for a very long time. I've been teaching it for a long time. I've certainly been paying really deep attention, both watching the larger way that social is evolving and, and certainly in the weeds, paying attention to what our industry is doing with it. And it's like most things, you know, I mean, um, it's back to that 80 20 rule. Um, I would argue, and I've got the math, I believe, to prove it, that only about 20% of the industry actually uses social media very well. Um, and, and a very big part of the industry barely uses or doesn't use it at all. I'll give you a quick example. I've been talking about this for quite a few years, even pre pandemic, because I was out teaching it. And I was really frustrated that I've been teaching it for, I don't know, like eight years. And still, uh, two things a lot of people still didn't know how to use it. A lot of people would come back to classes multiple times and still were struggling. A lot of people were kind of blocked because they felt, well, everybody's already done it. I'm too late. A lot of things. But the more I thought about it, like with anything that we learn, um, we tend not to implement something, if, even though we've learned it, if we can't figure out why it matters. And I think the industry, um, big picture, has struggled. Uh, many people have struggled with, with why it matters. And so I really began focusing on that. Um, but regardless, um, I'm still frustrated with, with how... So many are not using it or not using it well. So recently, I dug into the city of Chicago. I, I took um, salons near me and I counted to 50, 50 individual salons closest to where I live in the city in Chicago. Good neighborhood, many types of salons, you know, very, very diverse population of salons, all kinds and barbershops. And so I took the closest 50. I did it on Google Maps. I'd click on individual salons. That would take me to information about them. And then I could get to their Instagram page um, and their Facebook. And so um, not shockingly, nine out of 50, I would rate good to great on social. Starting with good, not fantastic, but good. Post relatively regularly, you know, have some engagement, you know, have some followers. As I've said uh, forever, you, know, you, don't, you don't need hundreds of thousands of followers. You know, if you're a typical salon, you might need 500 to 1,000, depending on the size of the salon. Um, but 80%, almost half of them, um, hadn't posted anything in over a year, even if they had an Instagram page. And the, the other half um, posted very irregularly, um, not always posting good work, not always posting things relevant to, to clients or consumers. So I, you know, I was disappointed and I started doing that exercise in another significant city in a different part of the country. And I'm finding the same thing. I'm not finished yet, but I'm three quarters done. And um, yeah, I, I'm finding this not really being used the way that we like to say it is. And it reminds me of so many conversations we have in the industry because a lot of us, you know, we hang out with successful people. So we, we tend to project that onto everybody. And when you take a bigger step back, you start to realize that not everybody is at the same level. And we have a lot of folks who struggle to succeed. Um, we know the average salon is out of business in five years. That should inform us a lot about what's happening out there. We also know that close to 80% of students don't make it you know, past their third or so year. And that should tell us a lot in terms of how they may be struggling to do what they need to do, whether it's their technical work or, or, or how to market themselves. So a lot in that. I would also say what's most interesting is that it's not too late for anybody to jump on this bandwagon. Um, but in doing so, you know, I, I look back and think of all the classes I've taught over the years, and they were always changing because the platforms were changing. The last several years, they have changed tremendously. And how I think about social and how I suggest anybody uses it is very, very, very different. Um, we know coming out of pandemic that um, 
a lot of things um, are happening. Number one, I would say is fake beauty news. There's just so much stuff out there that's conflicting with what the larger reality is, with facts, um, a lot of marketing buzz that's very negative, that seems too often disconnected from reality. We certainly have negative in the industry, so it's, it's not all wrong. Um, and then there's this, you know, the information that's floating around, conversations amongst professionals, I think talking about success and what you can do in your career, which is amazing. But I also think like uh, social is affecting the larger world of self-esteem um, and, and what can come from self-esteem plummeting based on what people see on social. I, I think it affects our industry and I think it can affect our young professionals more than anybody who are kind of just struggling to get through those first few years to create a sustainable career. So, you know, so, so that concerns me. I love social media. It's game changing, but it is complicated and it's not for everyone. Um, and I think that's important to say. I think back, you know, historically before social, the big conversation in the, in the industry was, um, was really about people not passing out their business cards. <laughs> Seems very basic, but that was a very big conversation. Um, and not everybody was good at it. We, many of us came to that conclusion that they weren't outgoing enough, that they just didn't have comfort. Maybe they weren't as connected, kind of new to the industry, so they you know, didn't understand it. Um, but fairly simplistic idea, and yet the majority failed. Social is way harder to implement successfully than passing out business cards. Way harder. It's hardcore, serious marketing. It's not impossible. You don't have to have a marketing degree. You, know, you just have to learn social. And there's many ways to go about that. Um, role models, mentors, classes, you know, you, all kinds of things. But to think that the younger generation in particular are just born using it, and they're going to be effective marketers um, without the proper context is, is, is just a wrong uh, idea. You know? And so um, we just need to understand that, again, things are changing. Um, they're changing faster today, I would argue, than ever. And we need to consider what those changes mean. Probably the biggest change in, in the last year or so has been the crashing of engagement. And it's talked about everywhere, including within the industry. Everybody's saying engagement is down, down dramatically. And it kind of occurred at the same times that Reels was beginning to blow up. Reels, of course, is, is the reaction of Instagram um, competitively against TikTok. And basically, they kind of did what they did with stories, which was rip off Snapchat. Now they're ripping off TikTok and, you know, trying to make it their own. And as they were doing it, engagement just, you know, really, really dropped. And most of us who are really connected to social will say that engagement is the most important analytic always. I think the reaction that many have had to this drop in engagement is to shift their focus to views because Reels is about views. But if you really pay attention to what thought leaders are saying, if you really dig into the analytics, if you really understand how the view counts happen, which is basically if you scroll past something in your feed and there's a video, it more than likely is being counted. And so I, I would say that views are 99% irrelevant, period, end of story. And I would say the bigger the audience, the bigger the platform, especially some of the bigger platforms, um, that would be more true than not. Um, if, you, if you have a small audience, there's a better chance that people that you know that have some connections to you might be looking at things. But we know the algorithm doesn't serve that stuff up anymore. So it's, so it's really kind of fascinating. So, you know, these big views, you know, 100,000 views, I would say it's, it's at best 1,000 views that are meaningful to whoever is thinking about what that content may mean. And that, that's, that's, again, is an absolute game changer. The good part of all this is everybody's treated pretty much equally. 
Um, so if you're putting stuff out authentically and organically, and yes, numbers have crashed, you know, on the engagement side, well, they've kind of crashed for everybody. Now, some have crashed worse than others because they kind of doubled down on views and didn't think so much about engagement, kind of accepted low engagement. And that in itself is, is, a, is a very big problem. So, you know, I, I think the most important thing to say out of all that is that a lot of us have spent years learning, understanding, using social. There's been some pretty drastic changes in, in the last, I would say, two years. And we, many of us have kind of dragged our old perceptions and our old habits into this new era. And that is a fundamental kind of breakdown and understanding of, of what's happening right now. And I, I think, you know, you kind of have to reset your thinking. You kind of have to get out there and, and um, yes, get a good sense of what truly is happening and, and reset, you know, thinking. I would say, you know, that Instagram peaked several years ago. There's absolutely no doubt about that. It's still the best platform, you know, to find clients. Um, it's still, you know, extremely active. Facebook is bigger. A lot of us, you know, feel that Facebook has gotten interesting again. It has the same problems as, as all the platforms right now that are communal. And again, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, those are the community-based platforms, even though I think, you know, they've gotten so big that communities are, again, 90, 95% irrelevant. We have to consider that we have all these generations, you know, people have different reasons for using these platforms. Um, we, you know, businesses, big businesses, small businesses, influencers and ambassadors, you know, all these different things happening on these platforms and what works for one group, what's of interest to one group, um, what kind of drives a needle and analytics for a group versus another, one generation versus another, one customer type versus another, one platform versus another. It's all different. And that's a big idea that we have to kind of wrap our heads around because we're putting stuff out there, typically trying to get our messages to kind of cross sections of various groups. And so that's a big, big change. And we kind of got to connect the dots between that and the expectations we have, you know, in terms of, of the results. Um, and again, I would kind of end that little bit of a riff, you know, on um, engagement is all that matters. Engagement, engagement, engagement. Um, yeah, you know, it's nice that lots of people might have seen something that you've put out there in, in a form of a video or reel, might have, and that's the, the key word. Whereas, whereas engagement, you know, we, we have more detail as to, as to what, you know, all that stuff means. And then connected to just how the industry works, the social media didn't change the fundamentals of business. It, it just didn't. The, we have consistently known for decades the fundamentals of running salons, of building careers. You know, business models have shifted, but those fundamentals have kind of been dragged over into each of those categories. Still have to market, still have to you know, do good work, still have to take care of your customers. And I could dig deeper into that, but won't right now. Social media has added tools. That's what it's done. I say this often. It's like, you know, the old school dryer versus a Dyson dryer. You know, different way of doing the same thing. And so these platforms, each being different, you know, not the same. Facebook is not the same. So a, a very modern dryer of one brand uh, is different than a Dyson, which is different than another one. And same with these tools. They, are, they work a little bit differently, all with the goal of, you know, kind of achieving the same result. And again, I think really important, you know, to, to understand that. And again, when it, when it comes to basics, Think of the, the humans who were involved here and then kind of layer the tools on top of that. Meaning people do recommend things you know, to each other as well as on social. You know, we, we, we do connect with one another in person and on social. 
And, and pretty much any kind of behavior we think of on social is, is, was first based on behavior in the larger world. And I think as engagement crashes and the tools become a little bit wonky, um, what I've observed, what I've heard about, what I'm questioning a lot of people about is that those who are doubling down on the old school stuff, and many of them never stopped, um, including young people, which is encouraging word of mouth, you know, encouraging a client to tell a friend, you know, a colleague, uh, a family member. Um, I have talked to some of these salons in Chicago that I've seen aren't doing much with social, but are still very successful. And many of them were doing more social. They saw things start to change and again, decided to double down on the old school stuff. And for many of them, it's working tremendously well. You know, so bottom line is we have to market many, many, many ways to do it. Um, and I think today it's more competitive than ever. So it's important that you double down, find your way to what works for you. And um, just be sure you are marketing. Um, and, and again, use the tools that you're comfortable with. Uh, if you want to um, open yourself up to more things, go get the education just like you would with hair. Um, and recognize as, as you're doing it that we do not live in a one-size-fits-all world. And that you just kind of have to consider who your customers are, who your team is, you know, what your capabilities are. Again, find your way as efficiently as you can to success. And um, again, I can point to examples of so many people in this industry who are successful and, and also so many people who have gotten there completely different ways in today's world. So don't forget word of mouth, online, offline, rebooking, online, offline, client retention, online, offline, in terms of how you think about it and how you might encourage it. And, and lastly, recommendations, you know, which is recommending the clients um, how they can do more with you, retail, lots of other things. Um, again, you can connect the dots between real time and digital, but make sure that you're doing all of those things and take it as far as you can possibly take it so that, again, you can have the most successful career, the most successful business, the best life that you can possibly have. I'm going to say that I'm out of time for today. I thank you for listening. I hope I gave you something to think about. I'm going to come back and do another one of these soon because it's such a big topic. Um, I probably was meandering a little bit. Apologize for that. But so much is in my brain, it wants to explode. So um, again, thank you for being here. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content and early access to the podcast. If you like the podcast, I would appreciate a rating, review, subscribe, or better yet, share it. Um, all of those things help others to find the podcast. Once again, so much appreciation for you tuning in. I'm Gordon Miller. I cannot wait to share more with you again next time.